This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And it's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill with you. Thanks for being here. This is going to be a fun one. It was a great game last night at Safeco Field. We're going to talk about that. We'll go in-depth with it. Get plenty of reaction after the ball game. A game where really everything came together. Nuno was tremendous on the mound, the best start of his career, including a career-high 10 strikeouts. We'll touch on that. Mariners, nine hits in the ball game. Eight of them came from two guys. We'll talk about that. In a few moments as well, get reaction from them. We have a fun conversation coming up. I, along with Aaron Goldsmith and Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with a coach on the Mariners coaching staff, Dan Wilson, who is with the Mariners coaching staff this homestand. And it was a fun conversation about what he's been doing this year, what he thinks of a couple of the young catchers that have come up that he's worked with during the course of the season. And it's really been fun to see him in uniform and in the dugout once again. We're an old number six. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Also, one of those new catchers, Steve Barron, he made his Major League debut last night. Shannon Dreyer caught up with Steve Barron. So a lot to get to in this podcast. Very happy that you're here with us for this one. So let's get to the game last night, and it was a ball game where, boy, Nuno was just tremendous. And he was really racking up the strikeouts early and often. Here's the next pitch. Strike three called. He rings them up. He gets Napoli with the curveball. And Vidal Nuno's strikeout parade continues tonight as he's racked up now seven strikeouts as we're one out of the fourth. One out into the fourth, and he was already just one off his career high in strikeouts. His career high was eight, and he actually passed that in the fourth inning. The wind on the one-two. Swing and a miss for strike three. It's another breaking ball. This time, the slider to Stubbs. And for Vidal Nuno, he has struck out now a career high nine batters through only four and two-thirds innings. Pretty remarkable. And then he would eventually, uh, he'd get to double figures. The 3-2 pitch on the way. Strike three called. Got him looking. The ball disappeared on the way to the plate. Reappeared in Barron's mitt. And down goes Torinos. That is the 10th punch out of the ball game. 
For Vidal Nuno, he has set down nine in a row and he has shut out the Texas Rangers through seven innings. What a start this has been. Fantastic start. Seven innings of one hit ball. Fanning 10. Incredible start for Nuno, the best start of his career. And he got plenty of backup offensively. Four hits apiece for Mark Trumbo and Kyle Seeger. And both going yard in the ball game. Here's the pitch. He swings and clubs it, barrels it high, right center. It's in Stubbs, a long, long way back. He looks up, and it's gone. Seeger, a two-run shot, and that wasn't cheap at all. That's out towards right center field. He crushes that pitch from Martin Perez. For Seeger, it's his third hit. It's the second home run in this game tonight for the Mariners, who now lead the Rangers 5 to nothing. And for Seager, his 11th home run against a lefty, which is incredible. And he is just blazing hot. He extends his hitting streak once again. Mark Trumbo extends his hitting streak once again. He had four hits, and he had a big blast. Here's the 1-1. And that is launched to left field. It is crushed. It is back. It is gone just short of the upper deck into the Rangers' bullpen. Absolutely blasted. A two-run home run for Mark Trumbo. And the Mariners now on top. It's 3-0 M's. That was absolutely crushed. Uh, nearly went upper deck way into the back of the Texas Rangers bullpen. That was a no-doubter. The Mariners, plenty of offense. Six runs on the board. Again, nine hits. Eight of them from Seager and Trumbo. And then the bullpen would finish the deal. Farquhar looked very good out of the bullpen. And then Carson Smith, he would end it. The 2-2 from Smith. Strike three called. He freezes him with a slider. And the Mariners shut out the Texas Rangers tonight. The Rangers are held to one hit on a career night for Vidal Nuno, who strikes out a career-best 10. It's a final score tonight from Safeco Field. It's the Mariners 6 and the Rangers nothing. Well, it's only the second time that the Mariners have one hit the Texas Rangers. The only other time, Mark Langston did it when he one-hit the Texas Rangers on his own. But this is just the second time the Mariners have done it, and this was not an easy team to do it against. Very impressive ball game for the Mariners. There's a lot of notes out of this one. Of course, Nuno struck out a career-high 10 batters, 8 was his previous high. That was against Washington, and that was out of the bullpen, funny enough. He recorded his first win since June 27, 2014, against Boston. It's been a long time in between. I mean, you know how wins and losses go. It's not always about performance. A lot of the time it's not about performance, but 0-11 with a 3-6-3 ERA in that stretch, 44 ball games in between wins. Kyle Seeger ties a career high with four hits. Last time he did that was June 15th, 2014. Shockingly, against Texas. Kyle Seeger is 23rd home run of the season. Two away from tying his career high. He had 25 in 2014. He extended his hitting streak to 12 games, batting 5-11 during that stretch. Mark Trumbo, four hits. For the fifth time in his career, a four-hit ball game, four-plus hit ball game, his hitting streak now sits at 11 games. So impressive game all the way around 
for the Mariners as they grab the win. Let's get to a lot of sound. I'm anxious to hear from Fidel Nuno. Fun to hear him after the game talk about the big victory and how he pitched. Here he is. We set the tone early. We got on the board the first inning, and we just went on from there. And uh, Steven just called a great game for me, and we set, we were just connecting every pitch and didn't make no mistakes today. So He talked about once that chemistry and his nerves went away, you were able to perform better. What did you notice that changed in about the third inning? Uh, it was just, uh, just the sequence. It was just uh, the game calling and just uh, – just going upon our business and everything. So uh, it worked out and finally got that W. So Changeup was really working for you today. Mm-hmm. Was, was it a matter of the sequence? Was the pitch different? Uh, it's just uh, my little delivery. I changed my delivery up a little bit today. So um, that worked out. So I might keep it and just uh, keep on working at it and just uh, strive and get ready for my next outing. So. How and why did you change that up? Uh, it's just staying back a little bit more. Uh, it has a little bit more depth to it now. So um and it's just the timing of the hitters, uh, just trying to uh, get them off balance and everything. So. Keep it out. Mm-hmm. 44 games of victory. 20 games, 20 starts <laughs> of victory. Yeah. <laughs> Reaction, come on. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, today everyone contributed. Everyone uh, uh, did big today, uh, defense, offense, and then us two, uh, the catcher, uh, Steven and me. So we uh, put a good game on. So One hit, seven innings you contributed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got them off balance. So that's the key right there. Don't miss with the fastball. So He was pretty humble there about the start, but the changeup, as was talked about in there, was such a key to this start. He threw 28 changeups, which is a lot. He usually does not throw that many. And you look at the splits and – and it was one of the highest this season. I think second highest, going off memory. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's the second highest changeup use. He threw over 30, I think, against the Astros in a start. But 28 changeups. But from there, 19 strikes on the changeups and nine swings and misses. Nine. That is a hefty total. 32% on whiffs. Uh, four of them put in play. And none of them for base hits. The changeup was the key. And it's interesting, if you go back and listen to what he was talking about when he was talking to Shannon after the ball game about, you know, kind of the new delivery with the changeup, if that sticks, wow. Because it was devastating. It was a really good pitch. If he could duplicate that, boy, that's, that, that's something. So that is definitely something to watch. And as to the question of him getting another start, because we've seen him in so many roles, he's been so valuable, whether it's been a spot start in the rotation, pitching to a lefty, long relief, whatever it is. Here's Lloyd McLennan answering that and talking about the ball game. Fidel Nuno. <laughs> I was cheering in the dugout. Nuno. <laughs> hey, it's been a long stretch for him. I mean, and he pitch well enough that he probably didn't deserve. It really probably should have won a couple more before that, but uh, we're extremely happy for him. He pitched a, one heck of a ball game. And heck, it looked like he got stronger as he went along, but I, said, I can't good conscience keep sending him back out there. But he, he threw the ball pretty good. He was at 47 through two pitches, through two, two innings, too. I mean, it... Yeah, he was at 60 after three, and I was telling Trent, we got to find out who's going to pitch the six because he's not going to last. And you look up in the seventh, he's still going strong. How surprising is that? I mean, he's been spotting for you here, and he hasn't had a real consistent stretch of, of innings. I mean, it's just really, you, you know, if you 
think about it, he is so valuable to this ball club because of his ability to swing back and forth and uh, and to come out and do what he did tonight. You know, you, you really don't expect him to be too sharp, but I mean, I, I can't think of a better performance. Can you pull him out of the rotation after that? Can I? <laughs> or will I? <laughs> I? I highly doubt that he'll come out of the rotation for right now. Yeah. Yeah, and probably not a big surprise there that he won't be coming out after just brilliance, seven innings of one-hit ball. And here's a great perspective. As you know, I talk about this all the time. I love getting the opposing perspective, especially after a game like this. So here's the skipper of the Rangers, Jeff Bannister, on, well, mostly Nuno. We had some guys that tried to make some adjustments, and uh, when they when they looked like they were starting to look soft, he, he threw a couple fastballs in on in on our hands, and uh, it seemed to just keep a soft bounce. He had everything going for him tonight. Uh, the secondary stuff seemed to be sharp, a lot of movement on it, and it, it made it tough on our guys. And look, this is this is a guy when you look at his numbers. Uh, out of the bullpen, he's got he's got really good numbers. As a starter, he he's he struggled. But uh, felt like that that the approach didn't work for us tonight. You guys went through a pretty decent stretch where you figured not figured out, but you made things happen enough against left-handed pitching. Has it swung back a little bit? I don't think so, Evan. I, mean, I don't think that necessarily that's the case. This is a guy that I mean, sometimes you. you, you I mean, you tip your hat to a guy that had really good stuff tonight. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like that he was just up there throwing pitches in the heart of the plate. It was there were some tough pitches that he threw to us tonight. It was really good secondary stuff. The the breaking ball and the changeup that he had kept us off balance. He threw just enough fastballs in the right location to, to speed us up, to slow us slow us back down, and kept us kept us honest pretty much all night. He he. he he showed some moxie, really, with the different deliveries and uh, the different rhythms in his delivery, quick, a little slower. Uh, so it's, remember, hitting is, 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 a lot of hitting is rhythm. And he kept us off balance and out of rhythm and he used, used pitches and moved out of the strike zone. There it is, the perspective from the other side of things, the Rangers skipper as the Mariners take the game over the Rangers. And how today, oh, it's Felix Day. The Mariners send Felix Hernandez to the Hill. Day baseball at Safeco Field. Felix against Holland. That is going to be something special. 1240 first pitch from the safe. Hopefully you get a chance to pull off work and get there. It's the last day, weekday game of the year. The weather's going to be sensational. Felix is going to be on the Hill I don't know. It doesn't get much better than that. Should be a fun day at the yard as the Mariners look for the split against the Texas Rangers. Right now, here comes a conversation, uh, a fun conversation with Dan Wilson, part of the coaching staff this week, in the dugout this week. He's worked for the Mariners, roving around the minor league system all season. But uh, pretty interesting thoughts on the young catchers and what he's doing right now. Here it is. This is a, a very special roundtable. This might be our first on-location roundtable, <laughs> if not ever, at least in 2015, as we're joined by the man, Dan the Man, Mariners Hall of Famer. And, Dan, there was uh, something, Gary and I were talking about this last night on uh, the broadcast, there was something 
just very awesome about looking in the monitor and seeing Dan Wilson in a Mariners uniform leaning over the railing at Safeco Field during a game. What did it feel like to be back in the dugout last uh, night? It was, it was obviously a very strange feeling, you know, having not been here for a long, long time. And, and uh, But I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here, you know, see some of these young guys, especially these two young catchers, get a chance in the big leagues for the first time. And, and uh, pretty exciting to see kind of that experience through their eyes and, and uh, you know, get a chance to see Stephen Barron tonight in his major league debut. And, and I know he's charged up. And um, I think the trick is going to be to keep some of them calm down more than it is to get them going. But uh, it's it's super exciting time to be here. So did you have to pull down your jersey that was, I assume, hanging somewhere in a plaque in your house? Or did, <laughs> did they print out you? Did they get you a new one? Oh, man. Did you and Goldsmith, you guys rehearsed this before. We did notice that the, the, the number was autographed. Did you notice that? Yeah, that was that was awkward, I thought. Uh, it's great. I tell you what, there, there is a lot of familiarity, obviously, with some of the clubhouse guys and, and uh, all the guys that uh, do the stuff behind the scenes or some some of the same guys uh, that are still here that, that when I was playing. So it's nice to, to see them. And I think maybe we had to blow some dust off a few things to, to, to get things to work. But uh, nonetheless, we're, we're ready to roll. At any point, do you and Edgar just look at each other and shake your head during all of this? <laughs> well, it's been great. You know, obviously having a familiar face, uh, one that, that you played with uh, in, the, in the dugout um, is, is nice. But uh, the staff has been tremendous. And, um, you know, it's nice to be in a place, uh, you know, where, where it's it's comfortable. And, and uh, you know, the staff has made that made it that way. And, and uh, to see John and Steve is, is all that much better. So it's, you know, it's it's been a good experience. And, and uh, it's really just kind of a week-long thing. And, and I'll enjoy it and, and then get on down to work again down in uh, Instructional League. You bring up Stephen Barron. I don't know about Gary and Shannon, but in my experience, Stephen Barron is the first ever call-up who has ever walked right up to me, having no idea who I am, reaching out his hand and said, hi, I'm Stephen Barron. <laughs> what can you tell us about the catcher who's making his big league debut? Certainly he has great manners, if nothing else. Well, and like I said, sometimes we're going to have to calm him down a little bit because he is really excited. But uh, he, he does a great job defensively, um, you know, has, has a good, strong throwing arm. He's, he's, he's a horse of a person back there behind the plate uh, in terms of his physique. And, and uh, uh, I think blocking really is, is the best part of his game behind the plate. And, and uh, his quickness is tremendous, quick, good, good, quick feet. Um, and has swung the bat well. You know, obviously over the first part of his career in the minor leagues, his, his bat has been a struggle for him. Uh, but in the last couple of years, really has turned the corner with that and, and uh, has swung the bat pretty well. And, you know, the, the nice thing about Steve and, and John as well is they've made stops all along the way. They've, they've progressed and, and, and they've been in different places. They've experienced everything. And, and uh, that's, that's what ends up really helping you at this level. And, and I'm excited to see how both of them do over the course of the month. Interesting thing with Stephen Barron and with Mike Zanino, both about the same age, from the same place. They actually had some tryouts, big league tryouts together back in Florida. Two different routes. One went the college route, one went straight in to the organization. How different a path is that, and what do you see from the two different routes? Well, I, I think it's clearly different. I mean, um, but I think the end goal is always the same, and that's to get to where they are right now. And, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, Stephen has, has learned kind of pro baseball from a from an 18 year old's perspective on the way through to where he is now john has kind of come in and is a little bit newer to professional baseball but nonetheless they've they've they've, they've put in the time at each level they've, they've been successful at each level successful enough to progress 
and they're ready for for this stage and i think that at the end of the day that's what's important and uh i i'm, I'm you know john has has done well in his brief chances here and and then we get a chance to see him tonight so i'm you know i i'm optimistic for both these guys it's 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 great for them to get a chance to get their feet wet to experience what big league baseball is all about and uh it's it's going to make them better players in, at the end of the day what have you enjoyed most about your role this year Obviously, it's the relationships, you know, that, that you build uh, with these guys and, and, and seeing guys uh, progress and, and get better. And, and uh, those are things that are fun to watch. And, and uh, uh, you know, you get you get a group of catchers. Catchers are we're our own breed anyway. And, uh, you know, you get us all together and, and you get a group of guys that are catchers and you kind of understand each other. You understand uh, the commitment that it takes back there. And, and uh, you bond over that. And, and uh, it's nice to, to kind of build on those bonds as the year goes on. You've no doubt formed a bond, a good friendship with Mike Zunino, and not called up at the end of the Rainier season. We know by now that he'll be going to instructional league. What do you kind of take away from Mike in this season? The impressive thing, as Mike Blowers was talking about yesterday, his offensive struggles never really seemed to affect his work behind the plate. And 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 that's something that Mike and I have talked about because that's I, I marvel at that. And and uh, you know the, the mark of a good catcher is that they can separate their offense and their defense. They have to. There's so much defensive. Uh, energy and mental energy that goes on behind the plate that they have to be able to do that. And Mike is exceptional at it. And, and uh, so I, I, that's, that's, a, that's a big takeaway I have from it. And, and uh, you know, I, I know he's, I, I think the other thing we can all agree on is his work ethic. And, yeah. and Mike is a worker and he'll, he'll work, uh, he'll outwork everybody. And, and uh, he's going to put the work in necessary to make the adjustments he needs to make. And, and I think he's going to be a much better player at the end of the day. I've got to ask, you're cradling the catcher's mitt under the crook of your arm. Is that is that the gamer? <laughs> it, w- it was my last gamer, and it's a little thirsty. It needs something to drink because it's very, very dry. But, uh, yeah, it was. It, I had to pull it out. My son has used it from time to time, so I had to steal it from him for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it's got a little history in it, but um, nonetheless it still works. <laughs> Dan, this is a real treat uh, to see you in uniform, to see you here at the dugout at Safeco Field, and we know that you're a very busy man, but we so are, are appreciative of your time. Thanks for joining us. Aaron, it's always a pleasure. You guys <laughs> oh, know that. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Some things don't change. It's, you know, the star power doesn't get to his head. This is phenomenal. Great conversation as always. And speaking of those young catchers, uh, we'll talk to Steve Barron. Shannon actually caught up with Steve Barron. But uh, he's got to feel great. Uh, tough night at the plate. A couple double plays in it, too. Didn't pick up a hit. But he's got to feel fantastic. He's got a career 0.00 ERA as a catcher. He handled Nuno and handled him very well last night and helped the Mariners shut out the Texas Rangers. Great behind the plate. Here's Steve Barron with Shannon Dreyer. Catching up with one of the newest Mariners, Stephen Barron. And, you know, this is just great to see. I, I, we, we saw you when you were what, 17, 18. You were 18. 18. Yeah. We first met you in, mm-hmm. when you were drafted and in spring training. And to see you at the big league level right now is, uh, I think a lot of people are so happy to see it. And yeah. I got to tell you, I mean, you look co- cool, calm, and collected. You've got the smile on your face, but you just told me it's a little bit different underneath right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I might be portraying that right now that I'm cool, calm, and collected. But inside, I got my mind's running wild right now. I'm taking it all in. I'm gonna enjoy this. Hey, you got the news last night, and you weren't expecting it. No, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, you know, I was happy with my year. I, I thought I put in some good work. Um, I was. I was happy with with what I learned and with what I developed. I guess you know, as a player and as a person off the field. So um, you know, I was just you know, happy with the year and hoping you know, hoping for the best. And you know, sure enough, it happened. Your manager told you, and it took a little while to sink in. I don't think it's hit me. Like I, I told the reporters earlier, my body's a little numb, so uh, <laughs> I don't think it's hit me yet. I, I was able to sleep surprisingly last night. So, 
You walk into the clubhouse today, you see a locker, and you see a jersey with Mariners and your name on it. What was that like? It's a special. It's a special moment. I took a I took a photo of it on my phone. I sent it to my girlfriend and my parents, and they were both. They texted, you know, the emoticons on your phone. They texted all those things, and so it was special. You talked about your year, and it's something that we've been following. And when you got called up from Jackson, there was a lot of excitement about that. It was. It's, we've known a long time behind the plate. There's been a lot of good work. It looked like the bat's been a little bit of a difference for you this year. Yeah, the bat's taken some steps. It started last year. Uh, I started to develop an approach. Um, I didn't understand that when I first signed. Uh, I, I'll be honest. Like hitting wise, I was I was lost. I don't know what I was doing up there. But you know, as you get older and you start to learn the game a little more, you learn how strategic it actually is. And how little things, you know, make a big difference. That's something I started doing this year as I moved up through the system. I started learning things from coaches and putting those adjustments in games and understanding that failure is part of the game and going 0 for 4 is okay and that you take the 0 for 4 and you try to learn from it and can go into the next day with the adjustment in mind and put it into the game. And that's something I did this year and it's helped me a lot. Who's been most influential in helping you with that? Uh, it's been all coach. I don't want to, you know, it's all the coaching, all the coaches. I mean, from Double A, you, you know, Roy, Roy Howe, the hitting coach there. Last year, Mike Kincaid, Max Venable, and this year, Corey Snyder in Triple A has helped me with my approach and uh, and my contact point as far as you know, getting my hands out here. So it's really, it's. I feel like I've come a long way the last two years. You get up here, and one of the first people you probably see is Dan Wilson, and he's somebody that you've worked quite a bit with. Yeah, that was reassuring to see a familiar <laughs> face up here because I came up here. I was like, man, I don't know anybody. Uh, but it was nice to see him. He's 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 a fantastic guy. Um, couldn't ask for a better you know catching coordinator. So uh, I was happy to see him, and I think he's going to ease my you know ease this in for me. So how would you characterize just kind of the difference in jumping from level to level to level from you know let's say from high A to double A to triple A? I think uh, once you get to double A, talent everyone's talent physically you know just as talented as everybody else. Uh, I think mentally is where you separate yourself. It's being able to perform day in day out and being able to prepare you know for the game what can I do today to make myself have the best game possible like that's where the preparation comes in and stuff I think that was key was developing a routine and being consistent with it no matter what happened in the game and take it into the next day and just keep you know keep the same routine same thing every day so it was just for me it was preparation I think that's what you notice how guys go about their business you know going through their routine the focus in each and everything they do Kind of maturation, preparation, kind yeah. of growing up, level to level to level. Exactly, like. exactly. So you're going to get out there, you're going to take a little batting practice, and there's going to be a little rest in the clubhouse, and there's going to be a ball game. How do you watch the game tonight? Uh, how do I watch the game? I'm probably going to watch uh, whoever's, I don't know who's catching him. I'm definitely going to watch Sue Gray, watch the signs that Trent's going to give to him so I get familiar with him. So if I do get thrown in there, um, I, you know, I'm ready to do it, and I don't screw up the game. So, so you're absolutely studying tonight. Yes, right? I have on to. The job. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, it's great to see you here. Congratulations. Thank you. One ball and no strikes on Blowers. The 1-0 pitch on the way now. Swung on and belted deep to left center. Fox to the track, to the wall. It is grand salami time for Mike Blowers. And just like that, the M's get the one that broke the back of the camel. The road Mike Blowers has traveled to the Kingdome has been a familiar yet strange route to Mariner fans. From his hometown of Graham, Washington, to Tacoma Community College, and finally the University of Washington. It took Blowers just three years in the minors to reach the big leagues with the Yankees. But once he hit the Bronx, Blowers' trip took a detour. When I first came to New York, uh, being a kid from Graham, Washington, living out in the sticks my whole life, and all of a sudden being thrust in the Big Apple was uh, a bit much for me to handle. And uh, 
It was real tough, but um, when I first got there, I thought things were going pretty well. Uh, Bucky Dent was the manager, and uh, he was running me out there pretty much every day, which is what a young player needs to do. And uh, it seemed like once uh, Bucky was fired and uh, Stump came in, he had different ideas, and I stopped playing, and I had to go into a pinch hit role and do that. And uh, have never done that in the minor leagues and used to playing every day. I just uh, didn't do a very good job of it at all because I didn't know how to. The 91 season saw Blowers homer on opening day against Frank Tanana and the Tigers. But nine days later, he received some startling news. He had been dealt to his hometown team. Well, first of all, when they told me I was traded, I didn't really at the time care who I was traded to. I was just happy to be out of New York. And um, once I found out that it was Seattle, it made things a lot better. But uh, shortly after they told me that, I was assigned to Calgary, and I wasn't thrilled with that but uh, sometimes you got to take a step back to make a step forward and uh, it's worked out for the best. Blower spent the rest of the 91 year in Calgary and he would see only 31 games in Seattle in 92 but the Kingdom was still a familiar place you see Blowers and his family grew up as Mariner fans and in 1986 he actually played against the Mariners in a Husky Mariner exhibition game. Uh, I just remember uh, being real excited just to play in the Kingdom for one. It was a big league ballpark and I'd never been in one before other than watching and um, we got to play the Mariners and the only bad thing about that was uh, they broke camp a little early so we had to face Mike Moore for seven or eight innings okay. and that made it kind of <laughs> tough on us. And But it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I ended up getting a hit I think off of Paul Marabella in the eighth inning and uh, it was a big thrill for me and my family, and it's something that I'll always remember. Though his Husky career spanned only one year, it was a memorable one. 1986, Blowers hit 383, 16 homers, 59 RBIs, and he won the Pac-10 Northern Division Triple Crown. Only one other player in league history had done that, John Olroot of Washington State. Now current Husky coach Ken Knudsen remembers Blowers, and he feels that the attitude he showed at Washington has helped him with the ups and the downs of professional baseball. I think that's that's been the thing that's that's kept Mike in baseball is that he's just sort of uh, done what's been necessary to play. He's always had a good attitude, been a good uh, team player, you know, good makeup to him. And uh, you know, when he's sent down, he's worked hard and he's come back up and been a better player. With a 280 average, three homers, and 21 RBIs, Blowers has been a pleasant surprise for the Mariners this year. Earlier in the year, the kid from Graham etched his name in baseball's history books with grand slams in consecutive games, forever linking Mike Blowers with immortals such as Babe Ruth. At the time that I did it, I had no idea that it was any type of record or anything like that. And uh, actually, I didn't find out until after the game when I talked to you uh, doing the, the post-game show. But um, it was exciting for me at the time, but I, I was even more excited when I heard Dave. They, they <laughs> replayed the thing for me, and I got real excited about it. And it was nice uh, for you, of you guys to make a tape for me so my family could enjoy that. Here comes the stretch. The one-two on the way now. Fastball belted deep to left center field. Hulse to the track, to the wall. And would you believe it? Mike Flowers has his second grand slam home run in two days. My, oh, my. See you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.